You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Mino Lion Media presents Business First. Hi, all, and welcome to a new episode of Business First with Sonia Aline. I am your host. And today we are going to talk about this notion or this idea of having your steps ordered. I've interviewed a number of people over the years, and it's a consistent theme, and it's one that continues to fascinate me that, you know, someone may have taken a class or they had taken a job that they didn't really like and developed a new skill set, or they had an experience that all served them later on, and they had no idea that all of these things that they had experienced were going to be the things, the formula, the ingredients, the things that they needed to get them to the next step, get them to the next level, further them in their purpose. And so our next guest is a great example of that. His name is Abelardo Guerrero. I hope I didn't totally screw that up. (laughs) That's me, that's me. (laughs) And to his friends and to his associates in the industry, they all know him affectionately as Mr. G because they're all fumbling over that name the way I just fumbled over it. But I believe names are, our parents gave us our names and so we always have to acknowledge that. And so welcome, Mr. G, how are you? I'm good, my sister. Thank you for having me here. And you didn't, you did so much better with my name than so many people that know me for years. So thank you for that. (laughs) Well, that's good to know. That's good to know. So you have a really interesting background. You know, you were recommended to me by a mutual friend and um, she was excited for us to talk. And then when we had our our pre-interview, like I'm really excited about the information that you're going to share with our audience. Uh, but I wanted to, to talk, I wanted to start off with this 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 notion of, again, having our, our, our steps kind of ordered. So you are a photographer, you're a videographer, um, and because of, and you're going to talk about the circumstance, because of this, you have become an author, and now you're about to become a documentarian. And so... Did you realize that your talents as a photographer and a videographer were going to serve you the way that they're about to serve you now and going into this big project that you're going to tell us about? Not at all. And so how long did you work as a as a photographer? Like, how did you actually start out on this journey? I was actually a dean for the board of education. And my girlfriend at the time, um, was an aspiring model. So um, we went to 23rd Street in Manhattan and we she did a photo shoot and the photographer's name was Bruno Versace. He's actually Johnny Versace relative. We paid him $1,800 for three hours work. And I was like, I'm working for the board of education getting 20 something, like 2,800 for every two weeks. This man just made 1,800 in three hours. I'm in the wrong business. So I went back to him when it was time to pick up her portfolio and I asked him, do he need a apprentice? And his, this was the first time I heard if it's free, it's for me. He was like, definitely. <laughs> um, 
I can, uh, I told them I work for the Board of Ed. So um, from 7 a.m. to 2.30, I'm at work. But anytime after three o'clock, I could be in the city. So I started traveling after work to 23rd Street to just watch, mirror everything Bruno was doing. So he showed me lighting. He showed me um, how to edit, how to airbrush. So what happened after that, I started doing my own thing in Brooklyn. Since he was in Manhattan, I started shooting, inspiring models coming up. And I started shooting Smooth the Hustler, Trigger the Gambler, and Ice-T from Law & Order. Um, We all from Brooklyn, so they connected me with everybody. So Ice-T and Smooth the Hustler, Trigger the Gambler, they took me to the WBLS. And um, that's when Coco and IC was promoting some pictures that we have done. And when when Wendy Williams' husband came out, Kevin, Kevin and I grew up together. I knew Kevin since he was seven or eight years old. So he was like, Avalado, what's up? We need a photographer here at WBLS. And um, I was like, well, I'm working for the school during the day. So after school, I can be here. So, you know, back then, the Wendy Williams experience, the guests got there at four o'clock. So it worked out perfectly for me. So I did that for a while. And it wasn't until Wendy had got the, when she got the TV show, that's when I was like, you know what? I'm going to fire my boss and I'm going to invest in myself. And I never looked back. I never had a boss after that. Wow, that's an incredible story. And then, so you moved from photography, and did you do the same thing in terms of developing your videographer skills? That that was the that was the major step that I've done because at WBLS, I was taking pictures of everybody, and I was putting it on WBLS.com, the pictures of the guests that came to see Wendy. But once she got the TV show, now the pictures were obsolete. Because you can see her on TV, you see the guests on TV. So what I'm doing here, taking pictures. So I I thought to myself, you know what? I need to do something different because these pictures not working. So I started videotaping what Wendy did behind the scenes. Her going to her her dressing room, the guests saying, hey, I had a good time at the Wendy Williams show today. Vivica Fox was one of my first guests that really gave it up. And I can't wait to come back. Thank you, Wendy. I love you, girl. So the owners of Lion Gates, they seen that and I was able to go from the photographer from the radio station to the executive DP for behind the scenes at the TV station. Wow. Wow. And so was this all self-taught? Did you find another mentor? Like, how did you do that? As far as photography is concerned, Bruno Versace showed me um, mostly everything I needed to know. As far as videography is concerned, I got a PhD in YouTube University. (laughs) (laughs) I think a few of us have. Yeah. And and you know what? I'm glad you said that, too, because it, it just shows people, too, like the tools are available for us now. So you really can't use excuses. I mean, you can if you want to. But if you really want to do this, like the tools are available for you. Right there waiting on you. <laughs> so, all right. So, that's that's important, and I'm glad you 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 were able to lay that out because the next part of your journey is also really dynamic. Um, but you know, you're going to set this up because your sister had an illness. Yes. And you, being determined to make sure that she was going to be okay, um, took you on another journey. Yes, definitely. Um, I found out in 2014, actually it was 
September, uh, not too long after her birthday, because her birthday ends on September 30th, I found out that um, by my niece, um, Denise Osorio, a.k.a. Nunu, at the, you know, kids only know to tell the truth. They don't know right. how to. Um, she was a child at the time, and she just repeated what she heard everybody else say. And she was like, "Oh, it's so is I'm so I feel bad that Auntie Eva is gonna gonna die." Those was her exact words. And I'm like, "Auntie Eva gonna?" I said, "What you talking about?" I speak to my sister all the time, but my sister and I we we were we so close that she would get the strength to talk to me just so I don't know something is wrong with her. So um, I called her. I was like, yo, E, what's going on? Nunu said that something's wrong with you. And she was like, yeah, bro, we didn't want to tell you I have lupus. And I was like, well, what the hell is lupus? Let's find out how we can get rid of this. Um, because I, uh, that's all I was thinking, what we can do to get rid of this. Right. And and her her prognosis was was dire. Like they were they, they were preparing she, for her death. Yes. They said she wasn't going to make it to 2015. And it was uh, it was I wasn't ready for it. So me being the person that I am, I went online and I'm looking for alternative methods of healing. I Googled Dick Gregory. Dick Gregory mentioned Dr. Sebi. And, you know, when you mention somebody on the side, that got suggested mm-hmm. videos. I saw Dr. Sebi video, Eat to Live. I clicked on that video and Dr. Sebi was like, I can cure this, 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 and that. It's all in the eating. And I was like, I got to meet this guy. I did a autopsy on, on YouTube looking for anything with Dr. Sebi in it. So then I said, I got to go to Honduras and, and, and find this guy. So, uh, which is also interesting because you are from Honduras. Um, my mother and father are from Honduras. I was born in Brooklyn, but I was born in, I was raised in Brooklyn and Honduras. Mm-hmm. Summer times we would go home. So I, I learned how to ride a horse before I learned how to ride a bike. <laughs> I learned how to swim. Like I, I'm considering myself a full fledged Garifu, not man. So, um, I went to Honduras and I was like, yo, who know where Usha Village at? And it was like, Usha Village is right there. And I was like, hold up, that place that sealed up is Usha Village? They was like, yeah. Uh, I said, like, I got to go over there. So I, I went to Usha and um, Junior, that's, he's my boy now, big security guard. He was like, I'm sorry, you can't get inside here if you don't know anyone. And I was like, well, I need to speak to Dr. Sevi. My sister is dying. And he said, I understand your situation, but so I would, I went there for four or five days in a row and I couldn't get in. So my girlfriend, my wife now, girlfriend then, she told me, um, babe, won't you just pray? Pray to God, pray to our ancestors, pray to whoever you want to pray to, just ask for, ask for some assistance because you're doing it your way and it's not working. So I was like, here you go with that prayer stuff. And I need to get in there. Does the prayer got a key? I was being real sarcastic. I, I, <laughs> so she was like, it can't hurt. So in my mind, the last thing I kept hearing, hearing was it can't hurt. So I'm like, all right. I got on my knees. I'm like this praying like a little kid, asking, <laughs> telling God, um, you know my heart. I don't want my sister to die. Can you please help me? And I'm—I I don't remember the exact prayer, but I know I remember everybody saying in your name, Jesus, in your through your son Jesus Christ, Amen. 
So I said that and I went to sleep. I woke up in the morning and I got a message on Facebook and the message read, Mr. G, um, I love the work that you do at the Wendy Williams show. I think she saw some pictures of Alicia Keys or Jamie Foxx. And I was like, oh, um, no problem. How can I help you? Because at this point, I'm like, I'm getting up just to go back to try to get inside Usha. Mm -hmm. So she was like, if you're ever in Honduras, can you stop by my family business? And um, I want you to take pictures of the property. And I was like, "Um, what's your family business? She said, Usha Village. Wow. (laughs) Instead of counting my blessings and seeing how good God was, I got upset thinking that it was one of my friends playing with me, knowing that I'm trying to get inside this place. So I was like, if this is a joke, I mean, I use a lot of colorful language, but I'm not going to say now. (laughs) It ain't funny. And she was like, no, no. I said, do you know who Dr. Sebi is? She said, that's my daddy. I've been trying to get inside of Usha Village for this last week. Um, If it's really you, what do I need to do? She said, come tomorrow. So I went. I went the next day, which was October 5th, 2014. I went and um, I told Junior looked at me and he lo- he gave me that look like this guy don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> but now he don't know I got the master key. <laughs> I'm like, I'm here to see Sama. So he got her on the phone. Do you know? He said, what's your name? I said, Mr. G. And she was like, and I heard her go, ah, let him in, let him in. So the, go- the gates of Usha opened. And I heard all of this heavenly music. It was just in my head, nowhere else but in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I'm, I'm walking towards the the main hut. When I get there, Samaya's with another little girl. She's the little girl was like three or four years old, and she was like, "Hey, Mr. G, I'm Samaya. Thanks for coming." And I was like, "Oh man, come here, girl." And I hugged her, <laughs> and she was like, "Um." And Sama knew all my family already. I just didn't know she was Dr. Sebi's daughter. And I didn't know who Dr. Sebi was. That's amazing. You know how it is. If you're not sick or anything like that, I had no reason to look for Dr. Sebi. I knew that Lisa Left Eye passed away in Honduras coming from seeing that famous doctor. But in my mind, it was that famous doctor. I never put a name to him. Right. Um, Because I don't really watch the news. I I live in my own world. Like, if it don't relate to me, I don't, you know, because, you know, living in America, they try to scare you all the time. So I don't watch the news. I don't do any uh, uh, any of those things. So she was like, my dad is coming back. My dad is not here. He's in L.A. I'm like, damn. Oh, wow. So he wasn't even there. He wasn't even there. But that was. But at least you're inside. I'm in. (laughs) So I said, when is he coming? And she said, he's coming um, by this weekend. So I'm like, okay, cool. She said, well, you can take the pictures. And when he come. I'll show him your work. So I took the pictures. Um, I'm doing Photoshop. I'm putting him in the sky. Um, I'm doing everything to impress this man so he can see my work and want to meet me. So I said, I figured he's an older guy, so he's not going to have emails and stuff like that. So I printed out the pictures, like 14 by 17, I think, or 20th. There was big posters. I printed out each um, picture and I went back and I gave them to Sama. So when he came back from LA, Sama gave them to him and he's looking through the pictures and he like, oh man. And Sama was like, daddy, you got to meet him. So uh, I sent you the video where he was like, wow, I got to meet G for it. 
then he agreed to meet me. And when he met me, I still can't explain that day because I sat there and he asked me, He after he saw the pictures, after he told me I was a bad mother effer, he told me, <laughs> he told me all right, all right, we're getting what you want. Just like that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, is this the real Dr. Sebi? I never heard him curse on YouTube. <laughs> so I'm thinking, is this the right guy? And he's like, and I was like, well, my sister's suffering from um, lupus. And he was like, hold up, so you're not sick? And I was like, no, sir. As far as I'm concerned, I'm as healthy as an ox. And he was like, let me ask you a, a question. Are you a Sagittarius? And I was like, yes, sir. I was born December 19th. He said, I'm a Sagittarius. He said, is your mother a Pisces? And I was like, she was born March 15th. I don't, he said, she's a Pisces. My mother's a Pisces. He said, my name is Alfredo. It starts with an A and M with an O. What's your name? Don't tell me that, Mr. G garbage. And I said, my name is Avalado. He said, starts with an A and M with an O. I was like, yes, sir. And he was like, my son's name is Cesar. What does that name mean to you? And I was like, my mother's name is Lucrecia, but we call her Cesar. Wow. He said, he said I've been waiting for you for 30 years. My mother, my mother told me that you were coming and that he, he even told me my first job in America was at Martin Luther King Hospital. What do you have to do with Martin Luther King? I told him I graduated from Martin Luther King High School. He said, yep, I've been waiting for you for 30 years. Sit down. We got a lot of work to do. All right. So you're this young man who is now just discovering uh, this doctor, had never really paid attention to him before. Not sure if this holistic thing is going to work. You're not sure if he's the real guy, but he's telling you, I've been waiting for you for 30 years. And so your response is... Whatever comes to your mind, that's what's in my mind. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm being punked. I'm thinking someone called him that knew me and told him my birthday, my mother's birthday, told him the high school I went to, told him we called my mother Cesar. I'm thinking, how can this man know all of this? So at this time, I'm just like, I'm numb. So he's telling me, I want to go to Atlanta. I want to go to New Jersey. I want to go to Pennsylvania. He's telling me he's been retired for the last 10 years and he hasn't been doing anything, but he's ready to come out. He was just waiting for me. So in my mind, I'm like, sir, I'm not an event planner. I'm a photographer and a videographer. And he was like, you're going to make it happen. It's you. You're going to make it happen. Don't worry about it. I was like, okay, maybe I can work something out, but what about my sister? So he's like, um, don't worry about her. Tell her to come to tell her to come to Usha and we're gonna take care of her. And I'm like, sir, she's been in the bed for the last three, four months. She can't travel. My sister Bones is brittle and she can't fly commercial. She can't do any of this. And he was like, What's her address? And I was just, I'm concerned. And he's like, What's her address? <laughs> Like not, not one, he wasn't concerned about anything. So I gave him her address. They mailed her a package and she took the herbs and within, when I called her, we was actually in New, in Philadelphia when I called her on our way to Philadelphia, I called her and she sound real weak because at this point 
she couldn't even act like she wasn't sick anymore because it took um this was just um she was just in what well, didn't have a strength. So she was like, Hello, yeah. I said, Did you get the package? She was like, Yeah, we reading it now. I'm like, okay, well, take the package. Um tell Shell Shanice to help you out. And um she was like, Okay. I said, I'm gonna call you later and check on you. So this was around twelve. I called her around seven thirty. Uh, before eight o'clock that night, and same I called, night, same night. So I call, I called her phone and she answered. Um, or the phone was answered. She's like, "Hello." I'm like, "Who's this?" Um, I said, "Shanice, put your mother on the phone." And she's like, "This me, big head." And I'm like, "Eva." She was like, "Yeah, what's in this stuff? I feel it tingling through my whole body." And I was like, "I don't know." To this day, I don't know. Um, right. That's one thing I wanted to make clear on your on your um, on your platform that I'm not Dr. Sebi's apprentice. I'm not Dr. Sebi's. Um, he didn't. He wasn't my mentor as far as medicine is concerned. Mm-hmm. So I was. He was my friend. Right. He was my friend. I learned a lot of stuff with him, but I would I would never want to abuse the opportunity to say I'm one of his. Met, um, that he taught me. Right. And another thing I wanted to touch on too is that Dr. Sebi studied herbs for 17 years before he um, healed his first per, um, patient. So everybody who's studying herbs now, just as many powerful herbs they have that can heal you, they have herbs that can kill you. That can kill so you, absolutely. That's not something that I want people to be playing around with. Um, I always want to touch that whenever I speak to anybody, because there's a lot of people that read a couple of books and they consider themselves herbalists now. Right. Um, right. So that's one thing that's real important that, you know, I'm th- I am also thank you for giving me the opportunity to maybe save somebody's life by letting them know, do more research before you consider yourself an herbalist and have somebody lose their lives. Right, right. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad you brought that up too because your the value that you have brought to this relationship is really being able to document this man's work and his life, which you wouldn't have been able to do if you hadn't taken that photo course, if you hadn't done the videography work. And so, you know, one of the things you had talked about was you know, there were times when, you know, Dr. Sebi would call and say, come over and you would just go over with your with your equipment. And that's one of the things that I'm so grateful to Tyson from Black and Nobles and Philadelphia, Hakeem from Black and Nobles from Philadelphia. They was the first lecture that we did on the lecture tour. We did eight cities. Philadelphia was the first. Tyson from Black and Noble told me, Mr. G, you're walking with the man. A hundred years from now, people probably make him a white man with blue eyes, but you, got, <laughs> you have the camera to prove he was a brother. Videotape everything. And I was like, you mean the lectures, right? He said, no, G, videotape everything. So I videotaped. The only time I didn't tape him when he went into the bathroom because he was stopped. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, so you went on this, you said it's an eight city tour that you had done? Yes. Okay. We went to New Jersey, Atlanta, like, um, I can actually email you all the flyers that we did. 
Right. And I just met some amazing people. And to this day, I keep meeting amazing people. I met this brother named Phil and look what he he made for me. Wow. The audience can't see this, but it's a a sculpture, a a, a small sculpture of Dr. Dr. Sebi. That is perfect in terms of likeness. It looks just like him. Isn't it? I, I just received it yesterday. Wow. So was that the last tour that he did before he passed? Yes. Yes. Wow. And really, was that the only tour that he did really before he passed? Every, he did one other tour to Jamaica. Okay. One I tour remember to, that actually. That's the only, that's the last tour he did. But the tours he did from Philly to New Orleans, those are all, I have them all on tape. And be, being that I filmed all of those, that's how I was able to get in contact with Nick Cannon. And he hired me as one of his producers for the Dr. Sebi um, Strong Enemies documentary that's coming out. Right. So I wanted to say, so was it after Dr. Sebi's death that you became an author and you yeah. wrote the book, My Journey with Dr. Sebi? Yes, exactly. Right. And so that's available on Amazon for, yes, for those of you who are interested. I'm going to buy my copy when we when we get off this call. And then based on was it based on that book that Nick Cannon contacted you? No, Nick Cannon. And it's so funny how we contacted each other, contacted each other. Nick Cannon was substituting for Wendy Williams at the Wendy Williams show. So my name came into the picture because Nick Cannon started interviewing Dr. Sebi's family. Nipsey Hussle um, people was communicating with my people because I'm the only one who have footage of Dr. Sebi. So Nipsey Hussle people was getting in contact with me. So when Nip when Nipsey passed away, my name just kept coming up. My name just kept coming up. His kids were saying, only Mr. G has the footage of Dr. Sebi. Only Mr. G has the footage. So Nick Cannon reached out to me. He had his executive assistant, Aja, reach out to me and me and told me that Nick wanted to meet with me. So what was so funny for that, Nick didn't know I was the same person he would see at the Wendy Williams show. I'm reading his text. Can you meet me at the Viacom building today at three o'clock? And I'm looking right at him. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I guess he want to be professional about anything. He don't. When I go to the Viacom um, building on a forty-something floor, I walk in. Nick is like, "What up? What's going on? What's, what you What you want? What you doing here?" I said, "You said you wanted to meet." He was like, "Nah, I'm meeting Dr. Sebi, man, um, Mr. G." I was like, "That's still me." <laughs> So we had our meeting. I told him the footage that I had. He wanted to see the footage. So the next day we went to his house in Jersey and I bought my laptop and I pressed play and just blew him away. He was like, Joe G, you got to help me produce this. You got to be one of my producers. And I want to go to Honduras. I want, so we he went to Africa and then he then we went to I'm Honduras. I took him to Dr. Sebi's house, introduced him to Dr. Sebi kids, the ones that were there, took him to Dr. Sebi gravesite, took him to the jail where they held Dr. Sebi where he passed away. Just gave him a full tour. And so how much footage do you think you might have? I have easily over over 300 hours of Dr. Sebi. You are kidding. Wow. He would call me and say, hey, G, what you doing? Nothing. Bring the camera over. I feel like talking my stuff. I'm going to say right. stuff. I don't want to curse. <laughs> but he would say something else. <laughs> I would come. I put the camera on the tripod, put the mic on him, 
and I would go five, four, three, two, one, and he would start talking. So while he was talking, I would be on my phone, on Facebook, on I was I'm not even listening to what this man is saying. I would know when he was over, when he was finished talking, because he would always go, um, thank you, thank you very much. So then I would be like, oh man, Savi, you killed it. That one was dope. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't ask you any questions. I know. I would have been done. I would have been done. (laughs) So then it wasn't until after he passed away when I started, um, after I spoke to Nick Cannon and I was like, let me see what I got. Wow. And I was like, oh my God, when, when did he talk about Obama? When did he talk about Michael Jackson? When did he talk about Teddy Pendergraft? When did he say how he beat the... The New York State Supreme Court, He, I got the whole from the day his mother told him the police was coming to the day he got released. I got everything. He's like, and I was in the thing that always used to bug me out. I used to ask him, what you want me to do with all this footage? And he would be like, just archive it. You're going to know what to do with it when the time come. It's like if he was planning for his demise, <laughs> but he wanted somebody he trusted to tell his story. and. I still, this man was 83 years, 83 years old when he passed away. He have a whole bunch of kids, whole bunch of people in his life, but he was waiting for me to come to tell his story because his mother told him 30 years ago that a young man that's a Sagittarius, that his mother was going to be a Pisces. His name was going to start with an A and end with an O, but it wasn't going to be Alfredo. She told him, when that man come, you can trust him to, op- to open up to him. And he waited. He waited. And he knew that when he saw you, that you were the one. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. How does that make you feel? It makes, it makes me appreciate God because I know that there's no such thing as coincidence. And I feel blessed and I feel honored. Like honored is an uh, understatement that I'm able to... Um, converse with people like you that just want to bring good and shed light in the world. So I, I thank God that he put me in a position where I can actually speak and, you know, just tell his story. Yeah. So over 300 hours of, of Dr. Sebi, like how long is this documentary going to be? There's no way you're going to get all of that stuff oh, no, that, uh, out there. That's the beauty of um, Networks. Yeah. Let me let me explain to you guys now. Um, the the Nick Cannon documentary "Strong Enemies" is not a documentary on Dr. Sebi's life. It's a documentary proving how Dr. Sebi beat the New York um, City Supreme Court. Oh. So that the documentary is on that. Oh, that's going to be fascinating. Yes, is because a lot of people think that it's not that it's a myth that he didn't really do it. But thank God, Nate Cannon's research team, they have all the transcript, it's all public records. Everything that you see in the documentary, you can go find it in public records. All the witnesses, they told Dr. Sebi to bring um, nine people that he healed of each disease. He brought 77 people. It was uh, probably 180 to 200 more outside, but the court didn't let them inside. Out of, I'm trying to tell you without saying too much of this documentary. I could, yeah, I could say this. Out of 
the 77 witnesses that was brought into the court, two of them was planted by the prosecutors with illnesses that couldn't be reversed. So they was the prosecutors, star witnesses that was going to take the stand and say, I had herpes when I went to Dr. Sebi and I still have herpes. So they got up and said, I had herpes when I had when I went to see Dr. Sebi and I'm no longer I no longer have herpes. I'm sorry, but I'm healed. Wow. 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 So, so and so when are you releasing you, you you all have a deal already? Are you shopping a deal or is that um, or can you even say? Yes. The documentary was approved for Sundance. It's going to be on Sundance January 20th to January wow. 30th. And you know how Sundance work. Whatever deal picks up after that, that's for whether it will be in the movie theaters, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, like which that's a Nick Cannon's decision right there. Right, right. Like I'm just one of the producers. I'm not executive producer. I bought a whole bunch of content and video to the platform that no one has but me. Right, right. And so what are you going to do? Or have you even thought about like what else you might want to do with um, Dr. Sadie's legacy, the information? Because you have so much content. Oh, yes. If you go on my YouTube page, um, my YouTube page is youtube.com slash Mr. G Photos. I have a Dr. Sebi playlist and nice. it's just every month I put a different video up. Um, I put a video up like two months ago, two or three months ago. It had 800,000 views. 800,000 views in like three weeks. And it's Dr. Sebi sitting in the bed with some friends and just talking. You get the, I tell everybody, you get the best Dr. Sebi when he was around friends, not on stage. On stage, he has a template and he goes into his spiel about um, the human body. But when he's around his friends and just reminiscing, like if I'm going to send you the link when we get off. You get to see 100% Dr. Sebi. So I want to thank you so much for coming and and telling your story. I want to make sure that that you get supported. The book is My Journey with Dr. Sebi, which is on Amazon. And the documentary is Strong Enemies, The Untold Case of Dr. Sebi. Yes, ma'am. Where can we follow you and just keep abreast of everything that's going on as as you go through this journey? Oh, man. Thank you. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for your energy. You have some amazing positive energy. Salute. Salute to my girl, Ashana Thomas. Yes. Um, I I know she (laughs) can connect me with another angel like herself. So I want to (laughs) say. Love Lashana, yes. And um, you can follow me on on Facebook, my name, Abelardo Guerrero, uh, or you can go to facebook.com slash Mr. G Photos. It'll bring you to my page. You can follow me on Instagram at my Dr. Sebi book on Instagram. Um, you see me putting up s- snippets of Dr. Sebi, um, like probably once or twice a week. I put something different up. Uh, I just posted this today. Um, okay. <laughs> day and, um, the people, gift that you received, yes. yes my man Philip. Um, yeah, and and that's it. And another thing, if you guys want, you could get the book on Amazon, My Journey with Dr. Sebi. If you want the audio book, you could get the audio book at myjourneywithdrsebi.com. You can get the audio version book for the people who, who just be too busy to read and go listen to it while they're working out. 
Thank you so much, Mr. G, um, for being here. I'm excited to, that you got an opportunity to share your story on another platform and that we were it. Yeah. And we are excited. I can speak for the folks who are listening. We're excited about this journey and we're going to be cheering you on the entire way. Thank you so much. You are so welcome, son, and you are the best. God bless you, sister. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed this conversation and we will see you again next week. Take care. The Business First Podcast is hosted and produced by Sonia Aline. Associate Producer, Ariel Mancibo. Executive Producer, Ken Johnson. Find The Business First Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. And on social at business underscore first underscore podcast on IG. The Business First Podcast is a mean old line media production. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.